another week and we begin yet with a familiar question should the vikings be six and oh or one and five i mean it comes down to the last second with every one of these uh it's football i know there's a lot of toss-ups the flip of a coin Uh, a lot of teams regress towards the mean right these are all professional football players uh it's it's just crazy zimmer gives up the 96 yard game tying drive uh including the two-point conversion to sam darnold who again the panthers back down to life without mccaffrey they're 0-3 since he gets injured and the news came out this week that he's going to be injured for a little bit longer than originally expected sam darnold has thrown six picks in the three games in mccaffrey's absence he's now thrown 45 interceptions in his 43 career career games are we done with this are we sold darnold we're ready to write him off he's not good right um but he does find the magic against zimmer in that final drive and again the vikings thank goodness kirk is there to bail him out again um it's crazy so the vikings will now head into their bye three and three again flip of a coin they've been every single game except the seahawks was uh kind of down to the final second could have gone either way um panthers after starting owen three and oh owen three now and look what happened with mccaffrey out he's played just six of 21 games since signing the huge deal um, bad business. Look, look what happens. You lose because he's not on the field, right? He's supposed to be your best player, but you also uh, hurt your team by giving him that contract because you can't spend it in other critical places. So when you're, you know, two birds, one stone, you, this guy worth all this money's out. All of a sudden your team's not very good without him. Uh, and you've got an 0-3 record since he's out. Panthers, they're going to be battling with the Falcons, possibly at the ba- bottom of that division. So I mentioned the Vikings do have the bye and the Cowboys, who get a last-second win, probably could have lost to the Patriots. They, too, walk it off in OT. Uh, they both head into the buy-off OT winners um, before the Vikings host them. Halloween night, let's get spooky. Sunday night football, NBC, here in the Twin Cities. Uh, that is going to be an awesome game. Vikings and Cowboys, as the Vikings squeak out another win against the Panthers, who don't look that great, right? Uh, who do? Who? What teams do look great? Who are the top five teams in the NFL? This is a recurring segment I like to do because it changes on a weekly basis for the most part, right? Overall, I think we're still, well, I guess we'll see tonight with the Bills, right? Um, Bucks are there. They take care of the Eagles, but they don't cover another big spread. Cardinals, undefeated. We knew that was going to happen. I mean, the, the Browns back down to earth. Baker injured. The partially torn labrum. Uh, running backs injured. Chubbs out. Uh, came out today that Kareem Hunt is now injured for a couple weeks. Uh, so the Cardinals remain undefeated. The lone undefeated team in the NFL. They beat the Rams. Rams still got to be there. Easiest cover ever was against the Giants. Uh, and the Chiefs showed another easy cover against the Washington football team. How far they have fallen, right? What happened to that defense year over year with Ron Rivera and company and Chase Young? But the Chiefs still have the best offense in the league. Um, they're going to do that to you. Mahomes wasn't even great in the first half, and he could still put up insane numbers because he has the bil- ability to just turn it on. Um, I've got the Packers. Look, look at what they've done. I, I'm willing to throw out that Jacksonville game, right? The one the hurricane displaced. So the Saints were home at Jacksonville, and the Packers laid a stinker after the long offseason. Rodgers looked fine. Packers have looked great. They've won and covered five straight. They are right there because they've been back-to-back NFC title contenders. Uh, just falling short there in the title game. I think they're going to be right there again in the weak division. They dispose of the Bears. Ravens, huge win. I'm willing to throw that one out partially. They beat a good team. Chargers, that's a Pacific Coast team playing at 10 a.m. Their body time, right? These guys aren't really kind of 
focus that much on, you know, getting adjusted to the clocks. I think they'd fly in that weekend, if not the day before uh, for these games. So again, you know, it's, it's the crazy football traveling cost cross country. Good teams going to put out a stinker every once in a while against a fellow good team, the Ravens. You got to do it in the playoffs, Lamar one and two record, right? Uh, you got to do it in the playoffs for me to have you crack the top five as the uh, Ravens and the running backs are still uh, completely banged up, right? Cowboys, I'm going to put there at number eight because uh, they could have lost to the Patriots and I'm still, you know, let's see, Trevon Diggs, he's probably a lock for at least defensive rookie of the year, maybe defensive player of the year. The interceptions and the pick sixes are great, but PFF is not very high on them. He creates big plays, but he also lets them up. Uh, so we'll see. Again, interceptions are nice, but the advanced metrics uh, really kind of look at coverage in different ways than the casual stat sheet. But uh, he, he's been great for the Cowboys. Cowboys, I'm certainly willing to. They look great with Dak. They've got weapons, CD Lamb. The weapons are winning them games. Um, but again, Mike McCarthy, I think, gets in his own way in terms of <laughs> more times than not. So Cowboys right there at number eight for me. We'll see what they can do out of the bye against the Vikings here on the road. I think it's a great year for football. Who's going to win it? You've got some new teams there at the top, uh, some familiar teams as well. The big names are playing well. Tom Brady leads the league in passing. How many years have we said this now? Crazy. Um, over 2,000 yards. This is astounding to me. Nick Chubb, who didn't play this Sunday, he is still second in the league in rushing. 117 more yards than him is Derrick Henry, who also did not play Sunday. He's going tonight. If he puts up another Derrick Henry game, another 120, I mean, he's going to be leading the league in rushing. He's going to cruise to the rushing title again. Um, but again, it's very hard for running backs to win it. I still think it's wide open. And look, I'm going to give you a handful of quarterbacks here. And you're going to kind of go through them in your head and see there's almost a, a, an argument to make. You could give it a sentence about each of them, at least to this point. Still way too early to tell. But Matt Stafford's got to be in there. Mahomes is always going to be in there. Interceptions up this year, but the touchdowns always up. Kyler Murray, obviously, through the air on the ground. Most valuable players. Team's the only undefeated team. They were out without their coach this uh, week, and they still blasted the Browns. Tom Brady's going to be there. I, he's great. He's got 17 touchdowns, three picks, I believe. Josh Allen, if he keeps it up tonight, we'll see. Aaron Rodgers got to be in there. Dak Prescott, talk about valuable. His team year over year, they were terrible last year. You plug them in, now all of a sudden they're one of the best teams in the NFL, top eight, and if you want to get technical. Keep an eye on Jameis Winston. Huh? Huh? Bye week, so the yards aren't up there. He's not really throwing for a lot of yards, but 12 touchdowns. The picks are down only three. His team is above 500. Maybe it wasn't so far-fetched. The LASIK, Jameis Winston, still on the fringe, but uh, really a toss-up way too early to tell MVP case for the NFL. Okay, um, Dan Campbell, man Campbell, right? He went from tears to anger real quick. Uh, you know, I guess I must be smarter than that guy's puppy, uh, as was alluded to in the YouTube comment section. Uh, no, tears did not help the Lions. In fact, they got him smacked. And now Dan Campbell's done crying. In fact, he's not done shifting the blame, though. Now he's blaming Jared Goff, uh, quote, step up more than he has. What the hell has Dan Campbell done for this team? Now he's just he's crazy. Now you're going to L.A.? I believe you're one of the biggest dogs of the year. Two of them coming this week, right? As the Cardinals are huge favorites against the Texans, I believe. And then it's, yes, the LA Rams against the Lions. Which do you believe in more? The Jared Goff revenge game or the Matt Stafford revenge game? Uh, Rams blew out the Giants. I'm not so sure they're not going to do the same to the Lions. Who do you trust more? Sean McVay, who actually shows emotion, cool emotion, where he's out there high-fiving like a, 
like an, a, a huge fanboy for his team, getting his team pumped up versus the emotional guy who cries, making it all about himself in the press conference. And then just switches to anger real quick. He's doing this weird thing with it. He's like grasping and fondling the papers. Like it looked like he had an anger management issue. It was very bizarre. Man, Campbell, uh, you could have, I told you from the get-go, that was a disastrous hire. Awful. And what do you get? Well, no wins to show for it so far. And I believe you got another four years contractually. Uh, the Lions, my God. NBA season starts Tuesday. I'm jacked. I'm a big NBA guy. I uh, don't really have a favorite team, so I'm just kind of a fan of the sport. And the sport's really more catering to the stars than the teams, unless you see. You know, you're following LeBron wherever he goes. Uh, well, not me personally, but fans. KD, uh, you know, Kyrie Irving, is he going to play? It's a little bit more star-driven league, right? Um, total toss-up again, I think, this year. I don't trust Russ and the West, uh, Westbrook and the Lakers, but they're always going to be in the thick of it because LeBron and uh, AD, right? What are we going to get with the Sixers? Mentioned Simmons. Don't know if he's going to play in the opener. Uh, last we saw him, he completely, you know, shriveled up in the moment in the playoffs. Can the Hawks, Bucks, Knicks replicate the success from last year? Warriors make some noise, right? Clay Thompson, the return. Can the Suns get back there? Kind of the easier pass to the playoffs through a lot of multiple star injuries. It's going to be a loaded Western Conference again. Can they get back to the NBA Finals? They basically say run it back, even though they don't give DeAndre Ayton the uh, contract extension, which I think is smart. Again, that, that's an, he's huge. He's tall. I, I understand, but it's not necessarily the Greg Oden, uh, uh, Greg Oden and uh, Kevin Durant draft, right? But you could have had Trey Luca. Instead, you got DeAndre Ayton, who can't do anything outside the paint. Um, so I think it's low key, a smart move that the Suns decided to, maybe this isn't where we want to lock up all this money. Um, so that's, uh, the bevy of storylines. I've got some storylines for you here. It's my picks, my preseason picks for the NBA season. Let's sprinkle a little plus 1800 on Trey young for MVP. Jokic, uh, won it last year. Uh, I think Trey Young is obviously the face of his franchise. He's going to get a ton of points, a ton of assists, see if he could turn even more into a Steph Curry-like player and put up astronomical three-point shooting numbers. So I like Trey Young there as a little sprinkle of some value for MVP. And I told you, LaMelo was the best player in the draft last year. He was the rookie of the year. Obviously, a lot of Anthony Edwards. Uh, this is the best time of the year for me, right, where I get to uh, continually bash Anthony Edwards, which I got something for him, too, because he's not the best player in his draft. The Timberwolves. Got something for them as well. Uh, are you guys excited for this year? You don't have a GM. But uh, I like Jalen Suggs. I, I kind of took a shot there at the T-Wolves, but I was really trying to get to my rookie of the year point. I thought LaMelo was the best player in that draft. I think Jalen Suggs is not necessarily the best player, but provides the most value in the rookie of the year race. Evan Mobley is going to be like, Wiseman. I don't. he's not going to do anything for the Cavs. I think he's backing up Jared Allen. That team's going to be trash. Um, Kate Cunningham's a great player, and he's obviously had all the hype. But I don't know. I did the three-point shooting isn't quite there. His team is going to be terrible for Detroit. Uh, I think he's the favorite, right? Because and then the, the hype around Jalen Green, the Rockets are garbage. I, I don't know what's going on with that. He could be more like the Anthony Edwards guy where he's a big scorer, but we'll see where their numbers are at. I think Suggs is the more complete player, played at a high level in high school, played in the national championship game, hit clutch shots in that run to the national championship game. A little bit more complete player, shooter. Uh, great ball IQ reminds me a little of LaMelo. So I like Jalen Suggs there, rookie of the year. I'm getting him a seven to one.
uh, some season totals, right? We're going back to the 82 game season, uh, 72 game last year. Uh, now we're back to business as usual, 82 games. Um, Celtics, remember Brad Stevens gets kicked upstairs, a little bit odd. Well, uh, Jalen Brown's coming back, but uh, 46 and a half is a little bit high for me. The Kemba leaving might actually help them. They get Schroeder. Uh, Ennis Cantor is actually a big ad they got from Portland uh, in free agency. Celtics under 46 and a half, though. I think that's a little bit too high. Who knows what's they're going to be with a new coach? Um, Pelican Zion's going to be out for an extended time. He's always an injury risk. Stan Van Gundy, one year, and then he's gone. Mutual parting of ways. David Griffin's a very odd executive. Pelicans lose ball. Uh, who's left? It's just Ingram. Uh, and then when Zion, wherever he, whenever he comes back, I mean, that's good. Zion's going to leave the Pelicans not like AD. I mean, that's where people, stars go to die. Pelicans under 35 and a half. Uh, I like Jalen Suggs, Orlando over 22 and a half. Let's see if they can make some noise. They just need to win a couple games there. That's very low. Oklahoma City's not bad. Shy Gilgis, Alexander, same thing. I'm going to play a couple of low totals here. Orlando over 22 and a half games uh, wins. Oklahoma City over 23 and a half. I think Oklahoma City's uh, certainly got uh, capability, a team that won 21 games last year. They just need a couple more with 10 more added games. I think that's easy. Um, Toronto, they lose Lowry, no DeRozan. It's OGM, Newby, and uh, Fred Van Vliet. Excuse me? Under 36 and a half. Mentioned Houston's going to be terrible under 26 and a half. Uh, I like the Hornets. They're plus money to make the playoffs. They made the playoffs last year. These are a little confusing because I don't, does it include if you get to the play-in game? Does that mean you made the playoffs? Do you have to be in the final eight and win your playoff game? Uh, I don't know. So, But I like the Hornets plus money to make the playoffs. I like the Bulls to miss the playoffs, which has got Bulls fans up in arms. Yep, so another year, and now I've got Bulls and Timberwolves fans after me. Timberwolves under 35 and a half games is the lock of the century. I don't know where they're getting these, these games from. Uh, Anthony Edwards, 21% from beyond the arc in his preseason games. He also played the most minutes. Yikes. Uh, isn't he supposed to get better year two? I know it's preseason, but uh, bottom line is the Wolves are not 12 more games better than last year just because they swapped Ricky Rubio for Pat Bev. Uh, sorry, not happening. They're the same team now just without a GM. And I know I said the Houston Rockets are terrible. I actually like the Rockets to win on Wednesday in Minnesota uh, for the season opener. Uh, Bulls, I'm just not a believer. I mean, Lonzo Ball, okay, you make the splashy. You've done this a couple of years now. You make the splashy free agency since Derrick Rose tore up his knee. I mean, that was that was when you thought you had the second coming of NJ, and unfortunately, injuries robbed that. Um, but and then you, you signed how many of you guys got Dwayne Wade jerseys? How'd that work out? This is a ragtag team of the number two guys, Vucevic. He's only made the playoffs twice in his long career. It's getting up there now. Never higher than the seventh seed with the Magic. DeRozan nearly missed the layoffs, uh, playoffs with Pop, a guy that makes it every year, right? They made it to the play-in game. Um, and he was always a playoff shrinker in Toronto. Lonzo Ball never made the playoffs. Traded from L.A. to the Pelicans. Nothing doing. Um, Levine's never made the playoffs. Like, where, where are we getting this hype from? I, I don't understand it. It's, it's a nice group of players, but it's not playoff bound i don't think they scare anyone in the east um sure you could be a 500 team but again i wouldn't be so overly confident and you know think that that's going to be the play based on these guys because i can confidently say personally that i've got 10 teams better than they are 76ers nets bucks hawks 
Miami Heat, who had Kyle Lowry, Celtics, Pacers get Karis LeVert back, Knicks, right? They they made they were the surprise team last year. You'd imagine Tibbs got those guys up. They get Kemba, and it's gonna be okay, right? And the Hornets <clears throat> could maybe sway me on the last two. But I, I don't know why the, the hopes are sky high again. Again, if you, you buy another DeRozan Lonzo Ball jersey that's going to be irrelevant in three years if this experiment doesn't work out with Billy Donovan, uh, who missed the playoffs. So uh, just some thoughts. Again, let's let the season roll. It begins on Tuesday, and we'll kind of see how things shake out. So the MLB Championship Series, still a toss-up. Uh, 1-1 Astros-Boston, but now it's in Boston. Uh, Braves up 2-0, right? But they blew the 3-1 lead last year in this spot in the NLCS to the Dodgers. This year, they have home field advantage because uh, Dodgers were the wild card. And they're up 2-0 because Dave Roberts, again, it's, it's tough. When the manager makes a decision, you criticize him if it's bad. If it works out, it kind of goes unnoticed, right? Uh, they're always the guy to blame. But Dave Roberts makes the puzzling decision to put starter Julio Urias who was slated to start game four in the eighth inning to face a bunch of lefties ends up backfiring. It, this was in place of Brewster Gratterall, former twin and Kenley Jansen, who's always, he's going to live in Dodger infamy and always just being wavy uh, kind of a shaky guy at the final, uh, final couple of outs. You get the Corey Seager air in the ninth, of course, Jansen on the hill for, you know, the watching the Dodgers lose and everyone kills Dave Roberts. It's still two nothing. I'm not. They won it all last year. They came down from a three one spot last year. They're about to head to LA. I'm not. Again, it, I understand his thinking. He was trying to get a good lefty in there as better pitcher. I also understand the other thinking where it's like, why put a starter in that high pressure spot and not a that's a setup role. That's a guy out of the bullpen. Um, could go either way. You know, Dave Roberts, I think, has earned at least the respect to not kill him until it's all done. And he did win the title last year, right? Uh, but so I think still a toss up. I personally like Boston again, the, the flag conspiracy from last week, right? Still alive. Boston won one and they're heading to Boston. I personally like them tonight. Uh, speaking of Boston, the Boston college loss was super humbling to me. I mean, it was, I did there. I still watch every second of BC football. I can't remember the last time that I like willingly was still listening to it, but walked into the other room because that game was over and it was painful to watch in the fourth quarter. Um, not sure what to think about heading to Louisville as plus six and a half dogs uh, on the road. I'd like to think we could beat this team, but damn, I could not get behind Dennis Grossell. I mean, it just sucks not having your team with their starting quarterback. And we have no one behind him, right? Jakovic was the guy halfway year two. He's still building the team. We've got Emmett Moorhead, who's kind of like he wasn't really a highly ranked recruit. Um, we do have this guy coming in for 2022, Peter Delaportas, I believe is how you pronounce it. And it's going to be like the highest rated recruit ever in Boston College history, a quarterback. Um, but that's still two years away. Dracovic injury, still one year away. It, it, the team is coming together. The defense is there. The receivers are there. The running backs are there. Halfley's there. But this injury has really killed the second-year momentum. And, you know, I would like to think and still be confident going to Louisville this week. Um, but, I, you know, it, it was an embarrassing loss under the lights. And uh, right after I praised the special teams, they're the reason we lose, right? A fumbled snap leads to a touchdown from the punter that, you know, that never happens. Our 
uh, field goal kicker misses a chip shot at home. I know he's a freshman, but you know, I just like cursed them by praising the special teams and they're right after they were terrible. Still a great unit, still top 10 in the country, but they definitely made some critical mistakes that just made the game over. I mean, NC state took advantage and it was just over in the heartbeat. So props to them. Um, you know, I'm hoping for the best Saturday, but my hopes and passion certainly took a beating. I'm still going to get up for it. A little late afternoon game. Uh, BC, let's see if we can get win number five. We're going to need it, especially for our season win total. So let's go. Dennis Grossell, come on. We, we got to play better. Running backs have been great, but we, you know, when you're down so big against NC State, the game was out on the hands. You couldn't run it. Um, Halfley, again, still showing a little bit of, uh, you know, second year head coach. Right. His first stint is that I think uh, NC State's coach certainly was um, well prepared. I mean, talk about that game was still tied at halftime and the, the adjustments. I know there were some shitty ref calls and then there was just some then there was the fumbled snap and it was over. And then it was just it was total mismanagement. I think the, the gameplay and the adjustments in the locker room were totally lopsided in favor of NC State, which was kind of startling. Like that was the first time I've ever seen that in the year and a half uh, under Halfley. So, again, flush away that loss it's a new week let's see if boston college still four and two on the year oh and two in the acc two of the toughest opponents to start right clemson and nc state you would think but uh now it's you got to get an acc win and vegas doesn't have us doing it this weekend and i'm starting to wonder if we are just even personally as a fan so bc louisville uh coming up saturday afternoon kind of a dull week in college football but things are heating up some games I'm interested in NC state, Miami, uh, Miami loses in a shootout to UNC and uh, NC state, right. I'm actually, I'm trying to see if they're for real or not. They've got the ACC uh, Atlantic division in their grasp. If they could just not slip up Clemson Pitt, Clemson still is an outside chance looking in. They look terrible against Syracuse. Clemson still has not covered a game. This is the first time they're an underdog. I think in like years, uh, at least in the regular season in an ACC game, certainly, uh, when they head to Pittsburgh, I, you know, Pittsburgh's been fine. Kenny Pickett might have an outside chance of the Heisman and uh, Pitt's favored by three. It's Clemson going to finally cover a game. It's interesting. We'll see. How about undefeated Oklahoma State? They take out Texas. Steve Sarkeesian, another collapse with the lead. Speaking of bad hires, I mean, you could tell that from the start. Texas, um, now that loss to Arkansas is not looking great. Um, Oklahoma State undefeated. They are a dog at Iowa State, who I thought was one of the more overrated teams. They have two losses. Okay, State is a dog. Interesting. They'll head to Ames, Iowa, um, and it does have my interest peaked for Saturday. Games I'm kind of interested in. You ready? Wake Forest undefeated ACC. You know, that should be BC. I'm jealous. I'm jealous of Wake Forest. They go to Army, only three-point favorites. Army, remember, they've taken out Oklahoma in years past. Um, certainly no slouch. They're four and two, uh, wake undefeated. I believe six and no, they head to West point South, uh, South Dakota state, San Diego state undefeated. This team could run the table, but they've got a tough, uh, slate of games for, you know, the mountain West for mid major, see if they cannot slip up and go undefeated. Their first test is against air force after they just squeaked out OT winner over San Jose state. Uh, one of my favorite teams this year, kind of just rooting for it, the University of Texas San Antonio, undefeated. The schedule lines up for an undefeated season. The Roadrunners, can they keep it going? Louisiana Tech is on deck this weekend. And a really just battered USC, Notre Dame. You don't know what you're going to get with them uh, this year. So not the best USC-Notre Dame rivalries of the past decade or two. 
but still some game that you will want to keep an eye on because it's Notre Dame football and it's USC, right? Um, Cincinnati, number two team in the country. If the playoff ended today, again, remember, is it going to be Bama or Cincy? Because here's what's crazy. You've got Georgia, Cincy, Oklahoma, Bama, the top four right now. Uh, Bama is going to roll. They just steamrolled Mississippi State. Last week versus Auburn, the Iron Bowl, it might come down to that, but I think it's going to be Bama-Georgia in the SEC title game. If Georgia wins, obviously they're in. Now, what if Alabama beats Georgia? Then those two are in, right? What if Georgia beats Bama, but it's not the, it's a close game, right? And people want to see Bama, a two-loss Bama. Uh, I'm telling you, Cincinnati might get screwed. Oklahoma's basically a walk-in unless they get Oklahoma State. If that's an undefeated battle at the end of the year. And then the Big 12 title. Big 10 is going to be a mess. You've got Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State all playing each other. They're all in the top eight right now. Uh, so, again, too early to tell. Who knows? I would edge. I think it's going to be Ohio State. It's either going to be Ohio State or Michigan State. It's just going to shock everyone as they just keep getting it done. Cover after cover, win after win. They're still undefeated. So, you know, the, that's what's interesting. Those are the top eight right now. And again, it could come down to what are we going to get? We're going to get we're going to get Georgia, Oklahoma, Bama and Ohio State. Right. And it's just going to be the usual suspects. But right now, who knows? Cincinnati's just got to take care of business. They can't slip up. They've got an SMU possible undefeated showdown on November 20th. But other than that, their schedule's light. Have they done enough? They beat Notre Dame um, or is Bama going to screw them? Um, keep it posted here. Corbett's corner. Keep it locked in on the podcast network, winging it back this week. And we're going to bring back core trades might be a little bi-weekly thing, still working out the details, but get your finance hook and your fix, uh, with core trades coming back in a, um, in a form in some way coming in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we'll talk to you.